The Outlet. The Voice of Central. Welcome to The Outlet. I'm your host, Brent Harbour. In this podcast, I talk to Alice Lake Hammond, the program manager for AF8, about their award-winning program of scientific modelling, coordinated response planning and community engagement, and their upcoming event in Cromwell and what their organisation does. Alexia Johnston is the communications coordinator for Wastebusters Alexandra. I chat with Alexia to see how slow Fashion Month is going and look at some of the other reduced waste initiatives they have going on and Central Otago Mayor Tim Cadogan on what he sees as some of the biggest challenges ahead. But first, journalist Anna Robb with local news from the Central app. The Outlet, local news. Anna, this is pretty exciting, isn't it? The curlers in Sweden. Yeah, the women's curling team are in Sweden for the first time ever. They're at the World Champs this week. All of the team have got close links to Central, so we're right behind them. They've faced some tough competition from established nations already. They've been a couple of really close contests. They've gone to an extra end and then right down to the very last stone. While people have been curling in New Zealand since about the 1870s, we've actually only had a dedicated indoor rink here since 2005, so it's a relatively new sport. It's something that's really close to the hearts of many people in Central. So I just want to say good luck to our girls, Team Smith, for the rest of their trip. On the subject of history, we ran a story about the iconic Urns Clue Castle recently. Also known as Spain's Folly, it was bought last year by an Auckland couple who planned to restore it and open a boutique B&B. The castle has a really interesting history. The first owner who built it made his fortune from shooting rabbits and canning them for export. Then he passed the castle on to his sons, who had an epic family feud split the castle into two, building a brick wall right down the middle. Now the new owners have applied for a resource consent and they're going to finally finish the castle hopefully and have a plaster finish on its exterior as the original architect intended back in the 1920s. And there's a lot going on with kids sport. Yeah, so local sport is another thing that I love to cover. For school kids, the Central Otago Athletics Champs are coming up. They're on March the 29th. Dunstan, Wakatipu and Upper Clutha zones will all send their best athletes to run, jump and throw. And the fun Top Bike Day is also coming up on April the 4th. And it's time to register for your winter sports. Rugby, hockey, netball, basketball and soccer. We've got all the info on local contacts and clubs in our app. Thanks Anna and you can find these local stories and more in the news section of your central app. Local news, sport and information. The Outlet. The Clyde Wine and Food Festival is on Sunday, April 9th from 10.30 to 4.30. Enjoy local wines, live music and great food in a unique setting with heritage buildings and stunning landscape. There's a cash and carry art exhibition by local artists in the Masonic Lodge, market stalls, three local breweries, wine cocktails and more. All the details are on the Things to Do button on your central app. Alice Lake Hammond is the program manager for AF8. Alice and the team present an award-winning program of scientific modelling, coordinated response planning and community engagement. There in Cromwell on Tuesday the 28th of March, I caught up with Alice to find out more. 
Alice, welcome to The Outlet. Can you tell me, please, what is the AF8 program? Well, we are a program that is a collaboration between science and emergency management. So we use the best science available from our science partners from around New Zealand and also draw on the expertise of our emergency management groups to help us be better prepared for the next large Alpine Fault earthquake. We started in about 2016 and we're just um, coming to the towards the end of our sixth or seventh year. I almost lost count. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty busy. I, I can understand about you losing count. You bring a lot of different people together to present at the Roadshow. So what are some of the areas that you do cover in the program? Yeah, so this, the Roadshow talks are mostly the science talk. So we bring, we're very lucky to have a, a, um, the support from all around New Zealand, from various institutions who've been researching the Alpine Fault. But like I said, we also draw on the expertise of our emergency management groups. So we talk about where the Alpine Fault is, what the hazard, what, what it may look like when it happens, the big earthquake, and then we talk about what we can actually do about it now to be better prepared for this big event. Now, I've been having a look around the, the website. So what is the probability of an Alpine Fault earthquake occurring in the next 50 years? Yeah, so it's, it's quite a lot. It's quite a high probability. It's about 75% in the next 50 years. It's I think it's probably possibly one of the highest probability, high-impact hazards in New Zealand, certainly in the South Island. And we're really lucky to have that information, actually. We're really lucky to have that science base because we haven't experienced this event before. We don't quite know what it looks like, but we have a huge amount of research to draw on to help us understand what it could look like. So the 8 in AF8 is an 8 magnitude earthquake. Yeah, that's correct. So the longer and straighter the fault line, essentially the bigger the earthquake it can generate. I often think about it, if you're driving on a straight on the road, you don't have to do too much changing to your energy to maintain a a good flow. As soon as you hit a corner, that's when your energy has to change. And it's similar for earthquakes on these big faults. So the longer and straighter the fault, the, the more energy it can release. And because the Alpine Fault is actually, I believe, the longest natural straight line on Earth, which is a pretty cool fun fact about our South Island here. It can generate these really big ones if it, if it ruptures all the way along. Now, you do a lot of these events. What are some of the common questions you get asked at each event and, and how prepared do you think people really are? Yeah, so the events are really designed to prompt questions. We, we really love questions. We encourage people to ask a lot of questions at these events. This is an opportunity to try and understand what the science means for you and your in your community and how it can help you make informed decisions about being better prepared for these large events. So I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of a most asked question because, you know, there are no silly questions when it comes to natural hazards and earthquakes. It's all about increasing our understanding of how our landscape moves so that next time it moves, we're better prepared to move with it. It is important to get the message out there. I've worked with civil defence and the police over the last few years, and we're always doing safety messages around this. So, yeah, as you say, there's no silly questions, but it's good to have it in the back of your mind. So when an event happens, you go, now, what am I supposed to do? You know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's good. We really encourage people to have these conversations beforehand when it's easy and it's not it's easy to get together and talk about what you could do to support each other i mean we see it in recent events new zealanders are exceptional at coming together when when things aren't aren't particularly straightforward and things are a bit uncomfortable um but we're just encouraging people to do that before the event when it's easier when you can make a plan when you can find out what resources and what other needs are in your community because then we're a better place to support each other 
Now, your next event's in Cromwell. Could you please give me all the details about that, when it is and where it is? Yeah, so we'll be in Cromwell next week on Tuesday, 28th of March, 6.30. I believe it's at the Cromwell Presbyterian Church. So we're hosted by Otago Civil Defence Emergency Management for that one. Okay, that's great. And it's free to come along to the event? Yes, free, open to everyone. We always say first come, best seated. I've had a look, as I said, online. So where is the best place for people to go and have a look at the videos, listen to some of the information? Yeah, so if you're particularly interested in AF8 and the Alpine Fault, our website's a really good place to start, which is af8.org.nz. You'll find links to all our social media on there. We're on a lot of visit. We've got a YouTube channel, which has a lot of extra information on it as well. Under the tab Explore the Science, you'll find a bunch of resources that we've been creating to help people understand what this event could look like or could be like when it happens. Again, there's a feedback form, so if you have another question, please do send it our way. We're, we're all, all ears. Other sites, other places to go for information would be Otago Civil Defence Emergency Management's website, the Tokutuaki EQC website, has got some really good stuff around preparing your home to be the best shelter it could be, you know, when you can't go other places. And then the national site, getready.govt.nz, has a lot of great information around being prepared as well. That's fantastic. Well, all the very best for the tour around the South Island, and thank you so much for chatting. No, thank you, Brent. Thank you very much. You're listening to The Outlet. I really like the interviews. I like that it's easy to listen to while I'm at the gym. I like that it's local and all about this community. The Outlet, the voice of Central. Central Cinema presents This Week at the Movies. Now you can check out great films in a cosy cinema in the heart of Alexandra, run by the community for the community, and all the details and links are on the Things to Do button of your Central app. Alexia Johnston is the Communications Coordinator for Wastebusters Alexandra. I chat with Alexia to see how slow Fashion Month is going, look at some of the other reduced waste initiatives, and a great colouring competition they have on with the Central app. How is Slow Fashion Month going and and have you noticed an increase in community interest in reuse during Slow Fashion Month? Good question. Slow Fashion firstly is going really well. It often does with us. It's something that a lot of people are sort of aligned with when they come to us. Slow Fashion highlighted some really great conversations around shopping secondhand first, buying quality and also repairing things so that we can get back to wearing items with pride. Clothes are always a really big seller at Wastebusters, both in Alexandra and Wanaka. So it's the place to go to shop, no matter what your personal style is or no matter what you're after, from jeans to T-shirts, hats or shoes. But Slow Fashion Month isn't just about wearing clothes, though. It's about taking time to think, do I really need something new or can I buy secondhand or maybe borrow from a friend? It's also a chance to slow down and mend something you love. But also it's buying new, believe it or not. If that's the best option for you, then buying quality is key so that it's likely to last you for years to come. So Slow Fashion Month ultimately gives people a chance to really think about their clothes, where their clothes come from and how they were made and by whom. What are some of the other initiatives and events you have organised to promote sustainable living and to reduce waste? Well, one of the latest initiatives we're just in the process of rolling out is our Colouring In competition at our Alexandra site, which the Central app is actually helping us to promote. We've just rolled it out and encourage youngsters to take part. There's a link to our website on our Central app banner at the moment. Alternatively, you can pop into the Alexandra shop and take a copy from the front counter. The aim of 
the colouring in competition is to give kids something fun to do over the holidays and to also get conversations going around what Waste Busters is about, that it's the place to go for a good old treasure hunt and to find pre-loved items or to recycle. There's lots of fun prizes to win, so we can't wait to get those out to the district's young Picassos. Also talking of kids, we've got two Enviro Schools facilitators funded by QLDC who bring zero waste education to primary and secondary schools all across the Queenstown Lakes District. Another big thing that we do is our repair events. So we've got several planned coming up, including one at the Wanaka Community Workshop on Sunday the 30th of April from 11 till 3, and another one at the Luggett Memorial Centre on Saturday the 13th of May from 11 to 3 also. So if you have anything you want repaired, bring it along and one of our lovely volunteers will do their best to fix it. If you're handy and love sharing your skills, we're also looking for volunteers for those events. So if you're interested, head along to our website, wastebusters.co.nz and click on the repair tab to find out more. We've also got Plastic Free July coming up. We haven't quite started planning that one yet. We've got a few other things going on at the moment. So last year for that, we had a chemical-free cleaner workshop where we learned how to make multi-purpose cleaner, baby wipes and bath bombs. And one other thing that we do is a we deliver the QLDC-funded Dr. Compost Home Composting Project. So if you're thinking about growing your own food and reducing your food waste, head along to one of his free workshops. You'll find more details about those at our website also. Um, And those take place in Wanaka and Queenstown the first week of April. So what are some of the most effective ways, do you think, to encourage individuals and businesses to reduce their landfill waste? Well, Wastebusters has a vibrant communications and behaviour change team which is quite aligned with that. So as well as our reuse and recycling teams providing practical zero waste solutions, like bespoke recycling of e-waste, our aim is to always engage and inspire through awesome projects like all of those ones I've just mentioned. And also just getting great conversations going or maybe talking about a special find you found at one of our zero waste hubs. And we have fun doing it. So when you're having fun, others we figure will want to join in. Another way we've been reaching out to our community too is via social media. So we've been running Waste Ease Wednesdays, we're calling it, and the concept aims to get people to share their finds from Wastebusters across the social media platforms. And it's been fun seeing what people find. It helps to continue to change behaviours and get people to think about shopping secondhand first every time. Everyone who tags us in their Wastebusters find goes in the draw for a prize, so it's worth checking it out. So what's your favourite thing about working at Wastebusters, Alexia? There's many things, but um, I think it's about, I just love being able to help people on the zero waste journey and better still celebrating someone's zero waste actions and helping them realise they are already well and truly on that journey when they thought they weren't. For example, some people I talk to say they don't know what slow fashion is, but in reality, they're actually already buying good quality or New Zealand made clothing and when you let them know that that's actually part of it it sort of gives them a bit of a perk and they feel a bit better about things so slow fashion is the act of choosing well and loving your clothes which a lot of us believe it or not actually do so that's really good. So if people want to find out more about Wastebusters where's the best place to go? They can head along to our website again that's wastebusters.co.nz They can also sign up to our monthly newsletter from that page 
and also check out our events page to see what's coming up and we're active on Facebook and Instagram channels too so you'll find us on those for Wanaka it's Wanaka Waste Busters and in Alexandra it's Waste Busters Alexandra. The Outlet Jobs Board. Here's some of the jobs listed on the central app New World Cromwell are looking for fresh produce assistants full-time and part-time. You must be flexible re-hours of work and be in a position to work on a Sunday. Ice and Line Central Alexandra are seeking full-time and part-time staff to work at their complex for a period of four months from mid-May until mid-August. And you must be prepared to work weekends, be honest, reliable, competent and show initiative. And BDO New Zealand Alexandra are looking for an intermediate accountant. Now the job would be primarily assisting their Alexandra practice, however they are flexible as to where you live. For more info on these jobs and to apply, click the jobs button on your central app. The Outlet, the voice of Central. The famous free Easter egg Haunted Highlands is back on Sunday the 9th of April, 8.30 to 10am. Now this year the hunt is going to be on the top terrace. There'll be two waves of groups, six and under and seven and over. All the info you need is on the things to do button on your central app. Central Otago Mayor Tim Cadogan gives us an update on what he sees as some of the big challenges ahead. So the two big challenges are growth and the reforms. People sort of look at Queenstown and Queenstown Lakes and go, that's the big growth area. But in terms of percentage growth, we've eclipsed them significantly in the last two or three years. We consistently grow at sort of 3.74% growth. What that means is that in, in the six years or six and a bit years that I've been mayor, more people have moved to central Otago in that time than lived in Cromwell when I became mayor. Or to put it another way, one in five of the people living in central Otago didn't live here five years ago. So massive growth. That puts a whole lot of pressure on your house prices. We've been discovered people from other places, wealthier places are coming here and they are paying prices that are just, you couldn't have 10 years ago dreamt that we'd be getting prices like we are. Managing that growth is very difficult because we you can't stop the growth. You can't say, you can't build a wall at the Roaring Meg and stop the growth coming over. But if you don't accommodate the growth, then those house prices go up. But if you accommodate that growth badly, then you lose what it is that people are coming here for. So our wide open spaces, our sense of space, our natural beauty. So we've got a plan change um, going through the process now, plan change 19 that's going to allow for and indeed encourage greater densification within the current town boundaries of Cromwell, Clyde and Alexandra and to a lesser extent Omico and we're going through that in the Teviot Valley as well. The idea being, and when we talk to our communities and say right we've got these people coming, they're going to come, you know that's happening, how do we accommodate them, do you want us to build houses up the side of the hills. No, 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 no. Do you want us to start a whole new community? No, we don't. Do you want us to carve up good horticultural land? Heavens no. So by the time you get through all the options you don't want, what you are left with is smaller sections. What you are left with is apartment living or semi-detached living. What you are left with is building up instead of out. And the community has pretty much responded in a, if that's what we've got to do, that's what we've got to do. It's the one that makes sense. Um, to combat this problem we've got. So that's going through uh, the process now. So that growth aspect is is a real challenge. The other aspect that is um, 
a real challenge for us is the reforms process in place at the moment. So everybody's heard about the Three Waters reforms, the signs about that everywhere. What that means at the moment is halfway through next year, a third of our business will be carved off. And, and yeah, the opposition parties are saying we're going to repeal and replace that law. Whether they replace it with something that still has the councils in charge of their water supplies remains to be seen. But at the moment, by law, we have to plan for not having those assets with us by the middle of next year, which means our long-term planning, which we undertake next year, our, every, every three years we review our 10-year long-term plan, has to take into account a third of the business going. We've also got significant reforms to the Resource Management Act, and we've got reforms on the horizon for what local government's going to look like into the future. In the 2024 LTP, I can see a direction coming there where I'm wanting to lead it. Of course, I'm one of 12, so uh, 11. So where I'm wanting to lead it and where it may go is, is a different story. Um, but I, my sense is that those big projects, do we want to, I'll make these up, do we want a new stadium? Do we want a new this, that or the next thing? I think we just need to tie ho on those, get our things that we've started, get them finished, and also just see when we get to the next LTP, what the council is, what the council does, and set that council up, the council that comes in in 2025, set that council up to really take advantage, have the debt headroom, have the capacity to take advantage of the new opportunities that may come through the future for local government reforms. Because we don't know what they are yet. But there's, there's potential for local government, the way it's done in New Zealand hasn't been looked at for 30 years. So tell me anything from 30 years ago that's fit for purpose now. Um, I'd be surprised, you know. Um, so that's that's the vision. And it's, a, and it's a little bit, you know, if you'd have told me three years ago, that's what I'd be saying now. I'd be going, oh, I don't believe that. We need to do this and do that and do the next thing. But sometimes I just think you need to have a think about. And, and of course, we've got to look at our projected rates rises with the inflation that we've got. Um, and other pressures and go, is this the time to really do another big project? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting, but um, it's, a, it's a challenging time too with so much change going on. The Outlet, from your central app. Thanks for listening to The Outlet, your local news, sport, interview and information podcast for Central. The Outlet is produced and published by The Central App and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. The outlet is available on the main page of your central app and wherever you get your podcasts.